Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. The pastor of one of the biggest churches in all of North America, Andy Stanley, gave a message where he talks about homosexuals in his church who actually have more faith than him and many in the congregation. So we take a look at his statements in light of scripture and whether or not churches should be embracing practicing homosexuals into their congregation. To discuss this very important topic with me is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. Wow. I mean, we have, I mean, we're getting, I mean, Jesus said it'd be like the days a lot, right? In the end times. And he also said that, you know, people would not, in the last days, they'd have a form of godliness, but they would, you know, not have natural affection. They'd have unnatural affections and they'd be calling good, evil, evil, good, and all these things. And even it says Israel will become like Sodom and Egypt, you know? These are in Revelation 11. So, folks, the Scripture said this was coming, so we're not shocked in one way, but you're still incredibly heartbroken that you see this in among evangelical Christian leaders. And I'm not saying, I mean, to me, when you look at his teaching, which we're examining, uh, he's outside the pale of Christianity. When you start telling people that they can live lives without repentance and, and, and they can live lives that are contrary to what Jesus taught, and they can tell people, which I look at as evil. I mean, he's not hes not a friend of homosexuals. If you love those that are caught up in homosexuality, you care for them, you're going to want to warn them to turn, just like someone who's caught up in adultery or they're, they're just a full-blown drunkard and they won't repent. You love them, you tell them to repent. You pat them on the back because you want a bigger church. You act like everything's just cool with them. And hey, you know, oh, you're fine. That's not love, man. That's not love. That the Bible says that if you don't, if you refuse to discipline your children, if you don't discipline your children, you hate your children. It's like, what does that mean? It means it's like hate because you're not actually putting them in the right direction. And this is a form of this is just heartbreaking, and we need to address this because this is what's happening in the church right now. And before we know it, it's going to be accepted. And I mean, a lot of people are just freaking out right now. How's this happening? But we've been warning about this for some time. Yeah, and specifically with Andy Stanley. And sadly enough, there are plenty of evangelical Christians who do love Jesus who have had his back on a lot of these issues. And it's, and it, you know, the unhitching of the Old Testament. And, and there is a practice that Andy has done over and over again where he says these statements and does these things. And Joe, we've talked about even his band playing Led Zeppelin at worship, and he's saying, well, we got to let them play that so they'll play the songs we want them to play. So why did we do that? Here's why we did that. Because we have to let the band get things out of their system every once in a while just so they'll play the songs we need them to play. And and you're just like, what are you doing? Where he, like he said, let's unhitch from the whole Old Testament. And I believe he wants to unhitch from the holiness of who our God is. Really, ultimately, that's what he wants. And and Joe, it it has come to a place, and I think it's been there already, and, and hopefully more people see this, that this is a mark and avoid situation. I mean, it really isn't a, a situation where we go, oh, we just have a different convictions, this is in has to be. But as you mentioned already, what the clip that you're about to see, this is a clip that is specifically, as Joe mentioned, 
is specifically patting people on the back so they can get to hell quicker. And it really is heartbreaking. And instead of you hearing us describe it, hear it for yourself as Andy Stanley in a recent conference actually talks about homosexuals in his own congregation. Figure out how to get straight people as excited about serving and engaging as the gay men and women I know, we would have a volunteer backlog. That's my experience in our churches. Well, I, I'm a gay person, I'll just read it to you. A gay person, when I say gay men and women, okay, a gay person who still wants to attend church after the way the church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have more faith than a lot of you. A gay person who knows, you know what? I might not be accepted here, but I'm gonna try it anyway. Have you ever done that as a straight person? Do you, where do you go that you're not sure you're gonna be accepted and you go over and over and over and over? Only your in-law's house. That's the only place you go where you know you're not completely accepted, but you go over and over and over and it's because you have to. But other than the in-laws, what environment do you continue to step foot in knowing at any moment you may feel ostracized? No place, I'm telling you, the gay men and women who grew up in church and the gay men and women who've come to faith in Christ as adults who want to participate in our church, oh my goodness. I know 1 Corinthians 6 and I know Leviticus and I know Romans 1. It's so interesting to talk about all that stuff, but just, oh my goodness, a gay man or woman who wants to worship their heavenly father who did not answer the cry of their heart when they were 12 and 13 and 14 and 15. God said no, and they still love God. We have some things to learn from a group of men and women who love Jesus that much and who wanna worship with us. And I know the verses, I know the clobber passages, right? We gotta figure this out. And you know what? I think you are. So Joe, when you see that, when you hear that clip, of him saying, I mean, he said a lot of things. I was actually writing things down of just like, wow, 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 wow. The clobber passages. You hear that, the clobber passages. And he mentioned, tries to, you know, caveat them. And this is something that a lot of false teachers do. They just caveat these. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, there are those texts, but it, it's okay. Like, it's no yeah. big deal. Just set them off to the side. The, the, the more faith than I do, right, and, and so forth, that if, if we had a volunteer list, we'd have them volunteering ahead of all the Christians here. That it's so interesting to talk about these verses, but they come to Christ as adults. They've been pushed aside. And I really, something that has bothered me so much, Joe, and, and I'm, I'm sure it bothers you, is this idea that the church has been so mean to those that are homosexuals. And if you want to point out the Westboro Baptist and say, oh, well, let's mark and avoid them because they're heretics. Absolutely. If you want to point out guys like Steven Anderson and so forth and some of the things that they've said. And they preach hatred. And they so preach hatred. They're, they're, that's wicked, yeah. Then mark and avoid. Then point it out yeah. and call it out. But don't just say, oh, we, like, I, do you have a mouse in your pocket? Because I'm not joining in with that. Yeah. I haven't treated homosexuals poorly. If you want to own that and you want to repent of that, yeah. that's entirely different because when we see those things he's saying, it's just over and over again. And I think it's be good to just kind of go through some of the things he stated here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's crazy when you think about it because he has this either or fallacy of both extremes. You either are Westboro Baptist and you hate gay people or you pretend the Bible doesn't say, don't be deceived. First Corinthians 6, homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God, adulterers, drunkards, so forth. 
and you pretend that doesn't exist and you pretend that they're going to heaven, you act like they're going to heaven because it swells your congregation because you don't cause ripples because you're, you've got a, your pastor that has like 20,000 plus people at your church and you want to be, you know, maybe popular in the media. Uh, I mean, how do some of these churches become mega churches? They don't preach against sin, obviously. So Paul said in last days, they'll take leers telling people what just what they want to hear and they'll get many followers. And that's exactly what he's doing. And it breaks my heart because I know people that have been caught up in homosexuality that have come out of it and are heaven bound. And these are people that I've ministered to and I praise God. But if they if those same folks end up in fellowship, they'd be on the way to hell still. And now tell me who's loving these folks. You know, when I was caught up in all kinds of sin, you know, sexual sin, all kinds of sin, violence and alcohol and and drugs and everything else. If somebody told me, it's okay, you're a brother, everything's fine. That would be the most reprehensible thing they could say to me. So Chad, this is so demonic because he speaks to them. And since you said, mentioned a few of the things, a few things that just the first time I passed through that, and that's, I think the second time or third that I've heard that now, it just caused my heart to break each time is he calls them the father, their heavenly father. So he's treating them as though they're born again. The Bible says he that's born of God does not practice sin. Uh, he speaks of them as having more faith than him and the other. He's kind of, he's shaming the rest of the congregation saying, these are the real Christians. Yeah, they volunteer more than you. These are the paragons <laughs> of virtue when it comes to yeah. service. They have more faith in you. My Bible tells me that faith without works is dead. You'll know a tree by its fruit. And if you're involved in rebellion against God, that's not the same as faith. So, and also he talks about how much they love God more, insinuating they love God more than the congregation. The Bible says, Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. commandments and that this love of God that it says in first John 5 3 that we obey his commandments and they're not burdensome so if we truly love the Lord we don't say you know what I'm going to rebel against this scripture that says not to be an adulterer but I love you Jesus even though I'm cheating on my wife it's not congruent and there's so much wrong with that and that's where the church is headed right now and it's happened before our very eyes and this very ministry exists good fight ministries uh not only to uh, to be an elder in a church to be a pastor slash elder you have to be able to refute false doctrine. Titus chapter 1, verse 10. But it's interesting, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, it warns about how God's word warns that it's written to correct the kidnappers and homosexuals and those who kill their parents. Same list, yet he doesn't qualify as a pastor because he's not only not refuting these things, he's given a red carpet, an open sesame to hell. It is so, as you mentioned, devastating. And what what is so heartbreaking, because if we did this whole number with any sin, and you mentioned adultery, if somebody's coming to the congregation and it's like, could you imagine if you guys had as much faith as all the adulterers who are cheating on their wives right now, or all the ones that want to? By the way, Jesus talked about that. If you look at a woman and lust after her, and if you just, if you had the faith and the giving and all this stuff— we don't talk about any other sin like that, but for some reason, because the culture yeah. has permeated North Point right. Church there, That's a good point. this is what he's allowed. And now it, it's acquiesced to the culture. We just go, hey, you know what? They're saying, and guess what? We could fill up those doors. And I hope, I would hope and pray that's not his, his goal. But in all honesty, I have a tough time not seeing that as the main goal here of getting him in here because... You can do this all and say, oh, well, we're loving them more because we're showing them, oh, you can still be a practicing homosexual because I don't know what you heard in that, but I don't hear him saying any repentance, turning from these things, no. founding victory. Could you imagine not not 
glorifying God and, and honestly bragging about those people in our fellowship who have turned from sin, just like you and I have, who have turned from their wickedness, sexually immoral, drunkenness, drugs, whatever it may be, and being like, yes, we can champion those who have found the grace of God and through the Holy Spirit have the power to fight against sin. And he's saying, oh, you know, the Holy Spirit that leads you into all truth, it leads you into all truth, but you stay gay, you stay an adulterer, you stay a drunkard. What do you stay instead of a blood-bought believer? Such were some of you, 1 Corinthians 6, 11, after saying those practicing homosexual will will not inherit the kingdom. No, amen. So, Yeah, yeah, the book of Jude actually speaks specifically to this. It warns that in, in the end days, Actually, it's it's a twin epistle with Second Peter. Mm. Peter prophesies that it's being future. Jude states it's already happening. And in Jude chapter one verse three, he says he was going to write to them about their common salvation, but he says that God had put it on his heart basically to encourage them to earnestly contend for the faith, fight for the faith, brothers and sisters, fight the good fight which was once for all handed down to the saints. He says, for certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who long before had were marked out for this condemnation. He says, ungodly persons, who, and this is what they do. It's what these ungodly persons that creep in, they look like they're Christian leaders. They have crept in among you, turning the grace of our God, what Jesus did on the cross, the finished work of Calvary, into a license for immorality. And it's pretty powerful because it says, and deny the Lord. And it goes on to warn that certain people were damned by God after they were saved out of Egypt. Later they were destroyed because of their wickedness or their unbelief. So he's actually a grace changer, turning the grace of God into a license for morality. And, and Joe, I, I wanted to, to point this out too, because I remember when you were going through Second Peter chapter 1, and, and you did a, an awesome series on that, and you guys can check that out. We'll put a link in the description, but it was at Blessed Hope Chapel on Second Peter chapter 1 and those attributes that God can communicate to us and does communicate to us. But before that, something that always stuck out to me in Second Peter is when Peter says, those who have the faith of the same kind as ours. And yeah. this is Peter a good point. writing to a bunch of, probably a bunch of Gentiles there. And this is the same Peter who at one time didn't want to sit down with Gentiles if Jews were there, right? And Paul confronted him to his face. And that was to his benefit. And now when he's writing letters, Second Peter, as you already mentioned, writing letters of that, he's like, we have the same faith. These Gentiles that he didn't want to sit with before now have the same faith yeah, as amen. the Apostle Peter. And but their faith wasn't as great as the homosexual community that's, in his church. That's exactly what I was going to ask you, Joe. <laughs> when you hear, you see that sort of thing. Like, that's powerful to see what Scripture says. But then we see Andy saying that my faith isn't as strong. And and also, what is he giving? How is he giving the evidence that their faith is stronger I don't, I don't understand what no, you're getting point. at. It's like saying, hey, we've got these drunks that come in during the service, and they get they smoke a lot of pot, they get drunk first, and man, they got a lot of guts coming in this church. They've got way more faith than we do, you guys. And there's these guys committing adultery over here, and they're cheating on their wives and, 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 and doing meth and just, you know. They still come. Them. Yeah, they cuss like crazy. They've got such faith, you know. It's like, wow. It's, um, it's mind-boggling. The Bible says without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's 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 a big concern. Paul said, if anyone be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he's a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away. All things have become new. You know, uh, Chad, it happened a couple of years back, I guess now, is there was some controversy because uh, a homosexual friend of his was in the church and he was, you know, not just a member, but he was a practicing homosexual with his male partner and they were greeters, okay? And without the greeting folks that are coming in, uh, but one, the wife of one of these guys, his buddy was there and said, he's cheated on me. We're not divorced yet. 
And he's sleeping with his man. He's greeting at the doors and so forth. And it be, ends up being one of their campus churches, but a buddy, as he says, and it ends up being one of their campus churches. And, and you know what? He calls him up and says, not because he's got a homosexual partner and he's a greeter. He calls him. He doesn't say, hey, you'd be excommunicated unless you repent. He just says, hey, you can't be a greeter anymore because he's an adulterer against his wife who he's married to. And he's practicing homosexual with the guy he's greeting with. So I called my buddy and said, okay, I know things have been awkward, you know, between us, but look, uh, and, and I'm glad you're in church. That's a good thing. And I'm glad you're at one of our churches. You know, that's a good thing. But your partner, he's, he's still married. So see, this is just good old fashioned adultery. Like you're in a sexual relationship with someone else's husband. Uh, you, know, it was, you know, I've never said that before. But anyway, so <laughs> I said, so you can't be on a guest services team, okay? This is, you're just living in, you know, this is, this is clear. This is just mind-boggling. So the adultery is wrong. I mean, you, you'll be excommunicated, or at least get pulled off the team. But if you're not married to her anymore, you can be homosexual, you can be a greeter, it's fine. So it becomes, adultery is worse than homosexuality in his church. But still, you can be an adulterer and still not, it seems maybe from that statement. Just can't be, be on the greeter team. And, yeah. and does this not, man, it, as you're reading that, I hadn't even heard that. And as you're reading that, I'm just thinking of Paul writing to Corinth. And he's like, you guys are just, hey, it's so beautiful. You're just taking this guy in. It's okay. He's yeah. just sleeping with his father's wife. They're bragging about it. Everything's fine. Yeah. But but Joe, when we get to these things, and, and I, and I want to get to these, and we have a ton of things to, to go over. We got clips we want to play as well, even from his own father, that might give us a good insight of maybe why the finished logic. This could be a special uh, hour episode. I have, have, it might have to be. I don't it, know. Might, it might be because, Joe, I want you to go into these, quote, unquote, those are what he called them, clobber passages first of all to denigrate scripture in such a way i mean it goes back to his unhitching from the old testament just as a starting point but there is there are clobber passages it's not like you're looking at jehovah's witness taking scripture out of context and changing translation there are absolutely knockdown drag out knockout passages regarding the practice of this very sin that seems to be taking in joyfully there uh, and people have more faith than he does. Yeah, maybe before we hit some of those, Chad, just be, just want to dovetail off what you just mentioned. First Corinthians, that was on my heart too, because the guy's having relations, sexual relations with his father's wife. And he says in 5.13, to expel the wicked man from among you. In 5.5, 5, he says, hand this man over to Satan so that uh, the sinful nature may be destroyed or his flesh may be destroyed and his spirit saved on the day of the Lord. It may be if he repents, because he says in First Corinthians 6, one of those so-called clobber verses, uh, you know, those who, you know, homosexuals and drunkards and effeminate and uh, thieves and, and ex- ex- adulterers and extortioners and so forth will not inherit the kingdom of God. He says, don't be deceived. So this is a crazy thing. In the name of being a Christian, he's actually being quite wolfy, putting sheep's clothing on, saying he represents the good shepherd. And he's saying this, man, hey, guys, you know what? You will inherit the kingdom of God, even though the Bible says don't be deceived about that. And that would be one of those so-called clobber verses. And Paul also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, check this out, verse 11. But now I'm writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, but is sexually immoral or greedy and idolater or a slanderer, a drunkard or a swindler. With such a man, do not even eat. Now he says, out in the world, you know what? He goes, I'm not saying not to leave the world that you can't eat with those guys. We got to witness those guys. We got to bring them in. But he says, I'm talking about those that are in the church. And he says, aren't we to judge those ones that are within the church? And I think that's very important that we get that because, Chad, it's in this context that in the next chapter, he delineates sexual immorality. 
That's where he mentions adultery, fornication, uh, being effeminate, being a man transitioning to a woman, and also homosexuality. So it's unmistakable that Paul is warning. Now, he's he's not just going out to the... Now, it'd be one thing to say, well, I'm trying to reach this person, you know, I'm trying to evangelize this person. And we, our whole heart is we, we actively reach out to people in every community that's lost because we were lost and we mm-hmm. could have been in any of those communities very easily. We recognize we're, we're, we're beggars that came to Jesus and now we're passing out the bread to others, letting them have the good news. But Chad, just in the New Testament, I mean, we can look at Leviticus and we can look at several passages in the Old Testament, but it's interesting, he calls these clobber verses. I'm concerned about clobber verses. I'm concerned about, I mean, he calls these clobber verses almost to put a, you know, a, a bad spin on these verses mm-hmm. and to poison them as though they're bad or, or they're used negatively. Well, how do you use them? The Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. Wouldn't we use them to bring conviction so people would come to light of Christ? It's when I realized what the God's word was saying about my lifestyle and what I was without Jesus, man. Anything, I mean, first time I, when I came to Christ, I wanted to repent of anything. And I was like, where are you? And then I opened the scripture. I'm like, man, well, I'm, I don't do that anymore. Well, I don't do that anymore. Well, I don't do that anymore. But it's quite crazy because in the New Testament, these so-called so clobber verses, I'm concerned and you're concerned. We don't want, God clobbered a bunch of people in Sodom and Gomorrah. They got radically clobbered, and we don't want them to get Amen. just wiped out by God. And I'm concerned, you know, about the New Testament scriptures because he says he'd make the argument. Maybe I know he's done it in the past, and they kind of try to walk that back. That says unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament, but just the New Testament. I mentioned Titus chapter or First Timothy chapter one, verse nine and ten that warns against homosexuality. Romans chapter one calls it, you know, unnatural affection, men with men and women with women, giving over to a depraved mind and so forth, and having uh, no. Family love, storge, he says there. Paul says, last days, 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, men will be lovers of self and be without storge or natural affection, as the King James says. Uh, and that isn't speaking specifically of homosexuality, but it's speaking of not having natural affection or family love. And what is the biggest enemy to the family but sexual sin? So it would be included in that as an outgrowth of a symptom of not having family love. And not only that, we mentioned 1 Corinthians 6, but Jude. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're talking about the those divine are, commentary on Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, the divine commentary on Sodom and Gomorrah, and, the New and Testament those are the passages <laughs> we already brought up, where it specifically says that they've crept in unaware among you and turning God's grace into license morality. But later on, he says they're hidden reefs in your love feast. They're fellowship with you. They've crept in. Hidden reefs were that when you you feared a hidden reef if you were sailing, man, because you would just sink and die. And these false teachers are turning God's grace into license, lead people to death. And he warns. He not only gives the warning of after God saved them out of Egypt, he saved those who didn't believe. Then he also talks about the fallen angels who did not keep their first estate, as the King James says, or they abandoned their first abode abode, and their proper abode. And then he's put them in bonds of darkness reserved for the judgment of the great day. And then he says, just as Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah and the seas around them, how they in the same way as these indulged in gross immorality and went after strange flesh and are exhibited as an example and undergoing the the uh, undergoing the penalty of eternal fire. Yeah. Now, right after he says that, then he segues back to these false teachers who turn grace into a license. And he says, these guys right here, the same folks, he says, they despise authority. He, they they, 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 uh, they re- not only reject authority, but he says that uh, they basically give themselves over to lawlessness or lasciviousness. Uh, there's no morality to them. And they're the ones that have crept in the church. It's not the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons that are knocking your door trying to get in. It's those, he said, that are in the church. Well, who is it that's turning God's grace, what Jesus did, into a license to mean that you can live like, you can live a wicked life and still inherit God's kingdom? I mean, who are they? Where, where are they? He's them. My heart breaks. And Andy, if you happen to see this, we love you. We love you as a person that needs to get right with Jesus, man. 
and getting these to get right and become a true teacher. First of all, I'm telling you right now, if you're not going to refute false doctrine as the scriptures warn and they give as a, 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 a qualification for a pastor or an elder, you have to be able to refute false doctrine, but you're going to pat people on the back and encourage them that they're going to heaven. Man, my heart breaks for you and all the people you're deceiving because you're going to stand before God on Judgment Day. You're going to have to give an account. It's because just one little one to stumble, it's better that you have a large millstone be hung around your neck, you're thrown in the depths of the sea. So I encourage you to repent if you at all hear this, man. My heart breaks for you because you're in huge trouble. And anybody who's listening to that lie, don't think you can remain a drunkard. You can remain an adulterer. You can remain a homosexual. You can remain a thief. You can be filled with hatred. Even as Christians who love sound doctrine, let's make sure we're not hating on homosexuals. Let's make sure we're not hating on people that are in adultery. Let's make sure we recognize that Jesus died for the world. He doesn't will that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. We need to love people. We need to love them enough to tell them the truth. Paul said, have I become your enemy because I've told you the truth? Uh, we're going to be perceived as enemies at times, but that's part of the cost of following Jesus. He says, all those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil men will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Or I should say Paul said, but Jesus also said we'd be persecuted for righteousness sake. Yeah, and one of the things, as you had mentioned in Timothy, where it says they would be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And it also says in 1 Timothy 4 that they would heap for themselves teachers that will tickle their ear. Yeah. And so when you're looking at these end times reflections of what the culture in the church will even look like, Sadly yeah. enough. Because they have a form of godliness there. Says, form of godliness and deny the power thereof. That's right. And, and I, what's that power? Dunamis, the Greek word. Is that life yeah, dynamite. power, yeah. man? Dynamite. It's the power, I mean, God's authority. Yeah. It could be referred to God's authority. Exusia is this authority more, but it can respond to the power that transforms a life. And you're denying that when you deny the transformed life for those who come to Christ. Amen. And that's what we want is the transformed life for them. I'm, I mean, Joe, one of the things that hurts my heart is I remember being a brand new believer and reading through Proverbs and saying, oh man, there's a lot of stuff I need to fix in my in my life. You know, reading the word of God and letting it dwell in me richly so that I can meditate on it day and night, be like the tree planted against the water, and also write God's word in my heart, hide it, treasure it in my heart that I don't sin against him. And when I read Proverbs 23, 31 through 35, I wrote that in a note card. I kept it in my pocket. It wasn't because I was, oh, you know, I, I'm so offended. Why would God tell me I can't be a drunkard? No, it's like, no, I want to be cleaned by the one who created me. Amen. I, when when I am his creation, when I want to go back and know exactly what's going to, the commandments that aren't burdensome, that are for my betterment, that God has made for me, he is my creator. I am the creation. And I go to him and say, God, how do I best run? And from Jesus, clear teaching, quoting from Genesis 2, 24, Jesus' is clear teaching in Matthew 19, one man and one woman right. cleave Amen. together. And anything outside of that is a corruption. And so, Andy, we are calling you. Please repent. Turn and turn from your false teaching and anyone who has fallen for this. As Joe had already mentioned, turn from that as well. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us went our own way. But the Lord did the iniquity upon himself, and he took our penalty on his behalf. And also, we have the Holy Spirit to not only... We can live in victory in Christ. Absolutely. Amen. God bless you guys. Praise God. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com slash goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll free at one 866 JC Truth. 
That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.